0: We are. Good morning. This is KLE, and this is the place where you don't get your normal church message with your hosts, Sean Smith and Steve Bissett. One is in Pennsylvania, and the other one is in Marshall, Texas. So, on, on opposite sides of the country, nearly. And to all our listeners, welcome. Great to have you with us again. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. (laughs) <laughs> Stephen and I, I, we jump on the call before we, we, we start the broadcasting or recording. And, uh, yeah, Steve, Steve's opener this morning was interesting. So, um, <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be an interesting discussion today and we are happy. It's fra ha ha high day. And I'm sure you are too. So, um, we, we've had some, some great feedback. Thank you to all those that, uh, that uh, did send us a comment or, or a feedback or a like, and uh, we really appreciate just knowing that um, that uh, you are getting something out of the out of these calls and these times with out of our discussion and our conversations. As as we stated before, Steve and I have been doing this for years. I'm just talking. Steve and I met um, back in in Marshall, Texas, back in 1999, October 1999 at an apostolic encampment, and um, yeah, we've been friends since then. He was a real blessing to my life, and and uh, and we just sort of supported each other through some really difficult times, and uh, we're very grateful to God for his friendship and him being my brother and being able to share uh, our hearts together, and so we've had these discussions over the years and, and decided that it was time to just, why, why not get people involved in what we're discussing because... Um, we, we were blessing each other and we just wanted you to be part of that as well so um, thank you again Steve for not only your not only for these times together now um, and giving time up to to share with me but also for your friendship I appreciate it
1: tremendously well I appreciate that too <laughs> my friendship toward you that's great <laughs> no, I, I appreciate i what's funny is that is Sean and I uh, like he said have been through a lot of the same, type of things over the last what 15 20 years <clears throat> and um, come to find out our journey before that was even fairly uh, closely resembled each other's yep, yeah, journey yep. so uh, it's just kind of a, it's kind of interesting how the Lord puts people together in your life um, Sean said something to me the other day that just really made um, it really made an impact on me um, believe it or not <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, our relationship is not up for discussion or for negotiation. And that really got me because that means that no matter what happens, I'm still your brother. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, you may go off the deep end (laughs) or I may. But the fact is, is that we're still, you know, that the relationship is still is still there. It's not up for discussion. It's not for negotiation. I'm still going to be your brother. And that's, of course, is the spirit of Christ, which is, I will never leave you. Uh, Yeah. Nor forsake you not even till the end of the world or the end of the age. So I guess that's that, that spirit of Christ in somebody that just says, Hey, I'm here. Yep. And that's about that's, and honestly, the, the whole thing, like we were talking about the other day, the, even in the church, it seems like the, there's no understanding of covenant, especially in the marriages. I mean, the, the marriages in the uh, divorce rate amongst conservatives and uh, conservative Christians is higher in the church or higher amongst them than it is in the world. So it's just, we just don't understand covenant We it's almost like we're so much about ourselves, our identity, our whatever, that we forget that no greater love hath any man than this than he lay down his life, his soul, his suke, his mind, will, and emotions, so that others can live yeah,
0: exactly right and and the thing about it is is that we 've lost the value of of um, of that of relationship, unconditional love within it, within the relationship right so we, we, we tend to withhold ourselves punish each other etc and and that's that's the whole thing is you know when it comes to when it comes to to um, uh, the church when it comes to the body of Christ we should be the ones that actually shows relationship to the world right we should be showing what it is to have unconditional relationship and yet ministry can be the harshest place in the world right you know I don't know about you steve it's just you know for me I, I i often think about and and you know we're talking leadership issues mostly here and the foundation for 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 being a leader and let me just uh, um, you know insert here is that if if you're on the call and you you, you say well i'm not a leader um you, you know we're not talking about positional or titular authority we're talking about just just the simple fact that when jesus said go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. Um, right. he, he was calling you to initiate as a leader. That's leadership. To do that, to go and make disciples in the context of that means to be a leader. And uh, if, if you don't quite understand that concept, then go and have give a listen to one of my, my podcasts I did earlier on a discipleship, What Does It Mean?, and uh, I give a bit more explanation. a deep dive a little bit more into what is discipleship there. But anyway, I, I digress. Um, the the thing about it is is that we are the ones that are to bring relationship. We've got to bring an understanding of relationship. And as leaders, you know, I, I don't. That's what I was going to say. Is as a leader, I I really feel like, you know, Steve. Even if you called me tomorrow or called me after this call and said, you know what, Sean, I'm done with church. I'm done with, with, I'm done with uh, Jesus. I'm done with all of this. I don't want to know anything. You know, I'm going to leave you two days and I'm going to call you afterwards and say, Hey, Steve, how are you doing? (laughs) You know? And, and uh, you'll probably say, what are you going to preach to me? I'm going to say, no, I just, let's, just keep the relationship because I value your relationship. I value as a person. And, and, uh, you know, something that really struck me was Jesus as shepherd. It's, he, he says that the true shepherd leaves the 99 to find the one. And, right. uh, that, that doesn't make sense to anybody until you are the one. Right. When, mm. when you're the one, the shepherd leaving the 99 for you makes a lot of sense and you know over the years and you've probably experienced this as well how conditional and and uh, you know how conditional people's relationships are with you um, especially in church in ministry if you don't conform or you don't fit or you're not you know you know you don't you don't fit the profile that they've decided or expect you to be you reject it, baby. you're rejected baby you've gone you out that's it you know we don't want anything to do with you and, uh, and I thought, you know, this doesn't make sense to me. We right. should, we should um, it's never negotiable. And, and right. you know, we, we, cannot, we cannot negotiate the relationship. If, I don't know, even if, even if it's like the worst case scenario, um, you know what I'm thinking of, I'm preaching now, but you know that what I'm thinking of is that, is that scripture in Galatians chapter six really spoke to me a few years ago. And that was where it says, "You who are spiritual, restore such a one right. in the spirit of gentleness, watching for yourself, lest you also, you know, because you can also be tempted and you can also be, uh, you can also fall, not with a superior attitude, but you know, with a sober mm-hmm. attitude about yourself." And and God gave me that scripture just before. A a young pastor contacted me and said, man, I'm I'm really struggling. His his ministry, his marriage, everything he was struggling with. And, And, you know, God gave me that word. And I said, you know, others would have rejected him. I said, come and spend time with me and let 's walk this thing out with you and and uh, and brought him to restoration and he 's ministering now and doing great, and his marriage is great, and everything else, but others would have just rejected him, you know and so
1: to me, it says that you will know they are Christians by their love, not by their ability to reject and to until you can, ah, yes, exactly,
0: exactly right i mean there's a, there's a there's a place in the Bible that says you know you don't fellowship with those that are partaking of certain things. I think it's one Corinthians chapter right. five you know it's right. like, okay, those guys you don't fellowship with right we understand that we we understand, but that doesn't mean I have to reject them. it just means that I don't fellowship with them you know right. so, so um, but when it comes to a brother. Well, I mean it does say that you don't fellowship with brothers. You the world you you still st- stick with because it's is yeah. you know is But brothers
1: don't you know you don't judge those who are outside. I yes. mean <laughs> you judge the ones that are inside. Inside, yes. Yeah, and and then if they're doing these certain things don't eat with them or don't whatever. I mean it's just but it's a matter of uh they're they're already calling themselves believers. They're already calling themselves, you know, hey, I'm right with God and yet they're uh, do
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Doing something, uh, continually. And, um, but somebody like that young man you were talking about, that's, that's already saying, Hey, I've got a problem. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah. I'm not doing well. Uh, that's not somebody you reject and throw away. Is. Um, it's, I've heard this hundreds of times over the last what 40 years. We're the only army. The army of God is the only army that turns around and shoots their own wounded. Yeah, exactly. Just and, kills uh, them.
0: Yeah.
1: What? Just kills them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, or lay, leaves them laying beside the road, <laughs> you yeah. know, wounded. Yeah. Uh, whatever happened to no man left behind. I mean, there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, when you think about it, like special forces, you know, there's a lot of things that go on in those type of things. They understand brotherhood better than we do. In fact, in fact, I, I, I A man, a friend of mine that passed away here not too long ago, um, he was really involved in the um, mafia, the mafia family uh, in the New York area. And um, he said something to me one day that was just really interesting. He had gotten born again and actually was the only one allowed to leave the family because the boss said, you know what, you're no good to me anymore. You found God, you know, so you can't do the stuff you used to do. So, but you know what happens if you talk, uh, you know, I find you someplace. But anyway, uh, you know, so, but he said, you know, I understand family. I understand relationship and covenant. And he says, it's amazing that the body of Christ doesn't understand that. Yeah. Cause he says, I've walked that life. I've walked that life of covenant. I mean, you, you, I'm here for you. You know, I live for you, if somebody's against you, they're against me. Somebody's for you, they're for me. And he says, "I, I understand that." Hmm. And he says, "I wish I could somehow get my brothers and sisters to understand how to walk in that." Yes, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean it's, it's, it's surprising how we how we do treat, we treat um, our brothers and sisters you know and and the body of christ we all living stones being built up into a building and we all need each other to strengthen each other connected bone to bone you know and and yet we we feel we feel the the need but that's religion you see religion right, does that right. religion not the spirit of christ but the spirit of religion has to punish has to chastise has to uh, reject you know be indifferent towards ignore right. You know, because it's more important being popular than it is being relational. That,
1: right. Somebody was talking to me the other day just about the legalization of same sex marriage and, and the legalization of marijuana and all this stuff. And they said, man, man, America's going to hell in a handbasket. And, you know, Colorado and Washington, both of them, uh, have, have legalized same sex marriage and, and marijuana. In fact, I think they did in the same day. And I said, well, actually, you know what? That's scriptural. Because it says, if a man lieth with another man, he must be stoned. <laughs> so, you know, if you if you think about it, you know, <laughs> they're no, they're, they, they still <laughs> they go hand in hand, man. <laughs> yeah, they go hand in hand. <laughs> but that's another one of those things where we'll find out somebody's um, gay or somebody's, um, you know. A- a- a a different different way of thinking than we are and somehow we pull back and reject. Yes. As opposed to it doesn't mean I have to accept their what they're doing. It just means that I don't have to reject them. Yes. I don't have to condone the behavior correct.
0: Or even the mindset, but I do have to I do have to the thing you know is like somebody said this. If you what you don't engage, you don't change. You cannot change what you don't engage, and engage to engage something doesn't mean to get married to it. It means um, engage. Engaging means to engage in conversation or to engage in communication or to engage in relationship. And so, if this, if you don't, if you don't engage it, you can't change it. And if we don't change it, then we can't complain about the change that's being imposed on us. And the church is stuck so long in, in a building that they haven't reached out in, in to engage the world or to engage each other. I am right. gobsmacked at the at the absolute superficiality of relationships. I'm, I'm just, you know, for me, it's like, I don't understand, you know, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, I don't know why, but I just do not understand how shallow relationships can be, and especially when it comes to the church. You know, when I first went into ministry, Steve, I thought everybody was saints. I mean, not just <laughs> saints. I thought they were angels. Yeah. When, when, you know, when I went full-time into ministry at a, at a very fast-growing ministry in South Africa, man, you know, for me, it's like I'd arrived in paradise when I, when I the first day I arrived in ministry. I, I just thought this was like the most wonderful place in the world. And then reality hit a few months later, you know, it's just like, it's, it's crazy. I, you know, it's just, and maybe in my naivety or my, or, you know, it's just like, what?
1: <laughs> right.
0: What? I can't understand how people can treat each other like they talk about each other, uh, you know, d- deal with issues like they're dealing with issues. It just is absolutely Behind me, and and I really discovered, and I made it my point that I'm going to be a relationship builder. I, I'm just going to value sometimes beyond um, notification. You know, it's like when, when the time when I should have walked away, I'm still there. I'm still loyal. I'm still going to be sticking with the person just because I'm going to try. You know, and right. I don't know because I just I, I just see the father doesn't treat us like that. You know, he doesn't right. reject us. He has an unconditional love. Like you said, he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always there for us. Um, if you being evil, the word of God says, know how to give good gifts and good things to your children, how much more the heavenly father will give good right. to those that ask him.
1: You well, know. David even said, if, if I even make my bed in Sheol, thou art there.
0: Ah, exactly
1: exactly you know, wherever i'm whatever i'm doing you you're you're there i mean yeah. you're not you're not going away you're not going to i remember there was a book out or a, a something called the hound of heaven <laughs> a lot back in the whatever it was 70s or whatever um and uh, they started There's calling no god it the is. hound of heaven and um it was just amazing to me that, that that gave me the picture of a. he's always right there he's always He's always searching us out. He's always, it's not that he's going to follow after our sin. It's just that he's going to be there. Is. He is. And um, it's just like that. It's just like the prodigal son. The, the father was so amazing about that. He, he went ahead and gave the son his inheritance, gave him all of his gifts and anointings and let him go off and squander him. And then he was waiting for him. While he was yet afar off, he was waiting for him to restore to him the or the robe and the ring, the signet and uh, saying, you know, I don't care what you've done. You know, and the son, the son's coming back, just happy to be a servant. He just wants to be a servant back in his father's house. He goes, no, I'm restoring you back as a son. And that's something we've talked about here so much is that he values sonship more than he values what you can do. Yes. He values the relationship way more than your gifts and your talents and your abilities and everything else. He wants the relationship and he knows that as a son, he can produce more on the earth than he can with a gift or with a servant.
0: Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I think uh, Stephen Covey said, uh, yeah, Stephen Covey said, he said, you know, who you are speaks louder than what you say. Mm-hmm. And, and well, sometimes it, who you are speaks so loud that what you say is not even heard. <laughs> so, right. you know, and the, I, I really believe that the relationship we know was designed and created in us by the creator, by God himself, back in the garden of Eden, because he could, you know, there was no, no one, no um, partner, if you may, found for Adam in the garden. There was no no help meat found for, for Adam in the garden. He named all the animals, but nothing no, there was not, no no fellowship with him for him in those animals. You know? And so God said, let us make um you, you know, let's make a some a a, a nice little um fellowship help meet for this man, because it's not good for man to be alone. And, right. and we live this aloneness. And, you know, I want to say this to, to the listeners as well. Let me tell you something. I, you know, and you, I'm sure, Steve, you've also had those seasons or those times. I've had times where I am so I was so low because of what happened to me, the disappointments and <clears throat> things that have happened to me. I was so low. And, and, you know, the best somebody could do was to rebuke me because I wasn't more involved. <laughs> you know and it's just like what you know it, and I I actually sat there and I looked at him and I said y- you know you don't know anything about me you haven't taken the time to get to know me all you can do is come with your leadership authority and rebuke me but you ha- you don't know anything about me you don't know my journey you don't know where I've been you don't know what I'm going through um one man said to me he said you asked me he said Sean has anybody come and sit in your kitchen and prayed you through what you're going through right now. And I said, nobody, you know, everybody just came and told me what I shouldn't be doing and what, you know, and, and I just like, there's all these preconditions, and there's all these expectations and all these hoops you've got to jump through and all these obligations you've got to meet and rules you've got to conform to, but nobody is actually caring about you. And, and you know, is that people are lonely, men are lonely women are lonely. There's children that are lonely. They might have people around them, but they're lonely. And we need to be sensitive enough to show them the heart of the father. Surely that's what we do as sons. We represent and reflect the father in what we do. You know, we're so eager to, to stand on the corner with our with our big banner or our big sign that says, you know, turn or burn, you know, is like <laughs> going to hell. But, yeah. but we don't engage what we're trying to turn. We we, we want to preach at everybody. We want to witness at everybody. We want to tell everybody how bad they are and how they don't conform and everything else. But we don't engage them to bring them to, to for, with understanding and sensitivity. You know, Jesus could engage I, a story that just, Always just strikes me as so so powerful was Jesus walks past a guy called Matthew, who was a scam artist he's a, right. he's a tax collector you know tax collectors were scam artists they were ripping people right for, for the Romans and themselves and and uh, and Jesus walks past this guy for some reason there must have been an encounter somewhere before the time, but Jesus walks past him and says. Follow me, and keeps walking. He doesn't negotiate anything. He just walking, and it says that that day Matthew got all the scam artists and all the the the, you know the dysfunctionals that he was associated (laughs) with. Got them all in his house, and Jesus spent the day fellowshipping with them. Ha! Who was mad? Who didn't understand it? The religious. Right. That they were going to the disciples, how can your master, teacher, do this? And, and Jesus was going, you know what? I'm here not to call the righteous to repentance, but the unrighteous to repentance. Right. But he didn't sit there and preach. He must have engaged them. For them to spend an all day with him, Steve, there, Right. there was something about how Jesus engaged the, 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 the community, those people, those misfits, whatever they were, you know?
1: Have you ever thought about um, you were mentioning about John chapter fifteen about Jesus um, being the vine and we're the branches? Yes. And have you ever thought about being grafted in? What that means to uh, graft something in? It's a foreign. It's a foreign branch. It may be even another, uh, another strain of um, like you can put. Uh, you know, a a totally different type of apple into an apple tree, or you can put, you can put an apple tree, just uh, uh, slice open a trunk and and put it in a different type of tree altogether. And the apple tree will grow.
0: Mm.
1: And you think about that is that the, the life system of the vine begins to pour life into that branch. The moment it's grafted in. Yeah. And that's what's called taking it, it, it takes the graft it takes yes. and you actually bind it to it. And, and then the, then the xylem and phloem then once again, begin to come up the, come up the vine and begin to flow into the branches. And then the branch as well, once it begins to have leaves, then begins to produce more for the vine as well. And you think about that as many people as are grafted in, uh, up and down that vine, we're a part of them as well. It's not, just, it's not just me out here as this little branch being attached to this vine. I'm attached to a whole living tree, a whole living organism. Yeah. And uh, to reject one of the other branches that's a part of me, it'd be like, it'd be like my finger saying, like it says in Matthew, uh, well, big toe, I have no need of you. You know, because you don't have anything to do with my function. <laughs> I mean, be, I mean it's, it's ridiculous to think that a part of our body someplace else would say, you know, I really have no need of you. And, uh, but, yet, but yet he's using that example there, in, even in Matthew, and he's saying, don't say you don't have need of somebody else. You don't, you don't know their, like you said, you don't know their walk. You don't know their journey. You have need of them because they're part of me. They're part of my body. They're part of this vine that's living and vital and growing. And uh, you know, how can you it's just like if if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, Hmm. when he when God when his father sent him, Jesus said, I've come for a reason. He says, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So if you, Sean, are sent today to somebody If I'm sent just home to my wife, uh, as soon as I walk in the door here, she won't have left yet for work. Um, As soon as I walk in that door, I, I always realize I've come that she might have life and that she might have it more abundantly. My whole purpose is to give her life. And whatever that means to help her live, no greater love hath any man than this, than he lay down his life for his friends let alone his wife and children and everybody else so when you're sent home you know when i'm sent someplace i realize that i'm sent to give them life no matter what what that takes what do they need today what do they need to bring them life well that's what i that's what christ sent me today to provide for them because yep. he sent me
0: yes
1: and it's not some message, it's not some word, it's not, uh, like it says, he who ministereth to you in Galatians it says, he who ministereth to you the spirit, does he do it by works of the law or does he do it by faith the, the thing is, we always think we're sent to minister a song or sent to minister a gift or an anointing or a prophecy a prophecy, Yeah, yes. we're sent to minister something but it says, he who ministereth to you the spirit yes. I'm ministering a person pneumaticus Yes, I'm finding, out, I'm finding out what he is doing right now with this person. And the word, of course, ministereth is the word epichoregeo, which is uh, the one that watches over the, the dance or the round dance. So epi meaning over uh, choreography. Uh, I'm watching the choreography of the Spirit of the Lord, and I'm ministering him. I'm ministering that same life. I'm, I'm making sure that the two hook up, basically. Yes. and they begin to dance together, and so and you can't do that by a preconceived notion. You can't do that by by coming in with your bulletin and saying we're going to do this now. It's a matter of finding out what he's doing right then, in the dance, with his bride, and then helping helping the bride cooperate so we can all dance together with him. And that's such a beautiful, beautiful uh, thing to watch people. Even in, even just with two people, I've come that you might have life in that more abundantly, and I don't have to tell them that, but if I have that in my heart, I'm finding out what the Spirit of the Lord is doing right then in that person's life and help help them find that, yes. help them get that connection back so that they can be, continue the dance with him the rest of the day or that rest of the hour or whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly Ryan. Right. Yeah, I, it, it, that's that. that is really... Yeah, that's so powerful, man. That is so powerful. You know, just ministering, because, but that's that's the our church religious mindset that has been so instilled and programmed us to to have to. You know, may, if we think it's spiritual, but actually it's religious. You know, it's like we, we've we got to right. make a big show of it. And Jesus said, you know, the Pharisees do that. The teachers of the law, the scribes, they make a show of everything. You know, they blow the trumpet before they pray and before they give and, you know, pray long prayers so they can be heard and, and you know, acknowledged as being like you know, religious and so-called spiritual, but not at all. And right. he said, unless your righteousness exceeds their righteousness, you, you know you you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You, you know, so we've we've got to get to the place where we become real, really real in our relationships to to our wives, to our children, to uh, to those around us, you know, and to to people in our fellowship. You know, and I'm talking fellowship within our community. Right. We, we've made we've made. The church, a religious thing. We've made meetings a religious thing. It's really a, a fellowship of the community of believers, of the ecclesia, the called-out ones. Right. And, and the, the citizens of the kingdom are that. That's what ecclesia really was. Ecclesia was called-out ones meeting together to 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 have co- com, communal community fellowship because they are the carriers, the representatives of the culture of their country. And, and, uh, and that's what we do. We gather not because it's a religious format or because it's a religious tick on the box that we have to do every week. We gather together with other believers because it's a community. And yet what we've done is we've made it like you have to conform to this. Otherwise, uh, we, don't, we don't relate to you. Um, right. we, they, people relate to you as long as you are fitting into their meeting mindedness, into their religious format. Right. And, and you know, and I don't know about you, but I just I struggle to conform to those kind of things. I just struggle. I mean, yeah. we were talking the other days, like you know, because of what we've been through, we, we, this whole religious manipulative control, we smell it from a distance and we just run. I mean, we just like I want I I confront it or I run. That's it. You know, just right. I want nothing to do with that stuff. I really struggle to conform, and 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 yet you know i'm hungry i desire i i love relationship i love right. working in relationship
1: have you ever thought about why we call it a service you know sunday morning service wednesday night service
0: and where does that come from
1: <laughs> i i didn't really understand it until i went to a um um what was it a sunrise service for easter my, my mom really wanted to go to, to this one that the neighbors were having. And, um, so, you know, just to be part of community here, Yeah, uh, I thought, man, that'd be kind of fun just to see who else are believers around here and what's going on. Yes, And they had it so planned out, you know, they had, you know, a little thing all written out where somebody would say something and then all the rest of us had to read this little thing to respond and, and I, I realized sitting there that we're just doing a service. We, we think we're doing God a service by doing this. Yes. And we think somehow we're doing each other a service by helping, helping each other do our service to God. Yes. And it's not, it, it wasn't life, it wasn't that life giving spirit. Um, you know, the last Adam was a life giving spirit. The first Adam was a living soul. You know, he went ahead and uh, just did everything that is in his mind to do. But the last Adam was a life-giving spirit. And that I guess that's, did it give life? Yeah, parts of it did. Um, You know, there were parts that the people shared their heart. You know, a couple of them shared their heart. And in that, you know, you could feel the life of it. But other than that, there was no, the life-giving spirit was not and it's not being trying to be judgmental, but it was opening my eyes even more to realize what we call service. <laughs> and yes. I no longer call you servants, but now I call you friends. Yeah. For a servant knoweth not what his master doeth, but I call you friends for everything that the father's made known unto me. I have now made known unto you. Yes. Yes. So I'm not calling you I'm not calling you to be a servant. Most of my life I was performance oriented. Most of my life I was service oriented. Uh I wanted to help God do whatever it was he was doing. And he says, I'm not I'm not calling you into that. I'm not I'm not wanting you to do that. I'm calling you a friend. Yeah. I want relationship. I don't want I don't um I remember my wife uh this is several years ago now, but um, I used to give her the scripture all the time, you know. That, you know, she was blowing her nose, and I'd, you know, say something about healing or whatever. You know, whatever it was, I had a scripture for everything. And one day she said, "You know, I really don't need a prophet or a a teacher. I need a husband." Yes, praise gone. And she said, "All I get is that pastor or teacher." but I really need a husband. And, you know, at first, at first I got mad and bristled, you know, well, bless God, woman, you're supposed to submit to everything I do. Uh, You know, I think. And, uh, but then I realized that's a cry. That was the cry of her heart. Not, that wasn't, that wasn't an indictment. It was the cry of her heart that she needed. She needed something that basically I wasn't, I wasn't giving at that time. I wasn't giving her, um, that life, in fact, if anything, uh, I was taking it from her, <laughs> you yeah. know, cause, cause the ministration of the letter or the ministry of the letter, uh, brings death. Yes. And, uh, basically I, I realized that I wasn't a life giving spirit anymore. I, I was giving death every time I, even though it was scripture. I w- it was bringing death because it was the letter of it. It was the letter of the law. It was the letter yeah. of yeah. the scripture. And, uh, you know, you must obey this. Now I'm bringing her into a performance and it becomes law.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, not realizing that I'm, I'm taking the breath of life right out of my own wife.
0: Yeah, and that's what religion does. I mean, it right. just kills the spirit, you know. So Jesus said, "You make the you make the commandment of God of none effect by through the commandments of men," you know. And mm-hmm. so it's not that you it's not that we're not using because they were using the law, but they were using the law as the commandment to to manipulate, control, you know, constantly, and and it just sucked the commandment of the life of the commandment of God right out of people's lives. They hated it. And that's why when, when Jesus came along, they said they loved Jesus because they said he, he doesn't teach us as the, you know, he teaches with authority, he doesn't teach us as the scribes do. He's right. it's not like them, you know. And, and so what was the difference? Well, they, they assumed authority or power by their position. They assumed that they demanded people conform where Jesus came and invited them to the kingdom of God. Right. That was the difference. He gave the, them life. They, they just gave them religion, you know? Right. It just kills everything.
1: And, and it's funny, too, because he didn't speak with authority, which we think speaking with authority means I've got to either get louder or I've got to shout. do this or yeah. I've got to, yeah, I've got to shout. Uh, you know, I've got, to, like with demons, it feels like we've got to shout them out or whatever. But he spoke as, he spoke as one having authority. Yes. If you speak as though you have authority, you already believe that you have that authority in your own heart. Yes. So you're not you're not getting any. You just believe when you say it, it's going to be done. Yeah. That's the way we're supposed to approach. You know, uh, if you speak to this mountain and tell it to be removed and cast in the sea, and do not doubt in your heart, you shall have whatsoever things you say. Right. It's yeah. it's that same posture. It's that same. I just, I just know what's going to happen. I mean, I've got the authority. What, you know, what's prohibiting this, <laughs> you know, there is no shrinking back from that. You just, yeah. Hey, I've got this. And because it was given to me by Christ, it wasn't, it isn't something I innately, innately have it's it is now because of who I am, but you know, it's not something that I've generated in and of myself. I'm, I'm of Christ. So therefore I have this. And I can speak to that thing and tell it to be removed and cast in the sea and it should be done. Yep. And so you just speak as one having authority. It's not, I don't have to yell at it and shout at it and dance around it for an hour and a half and, and, uh, then pray and fast and, and, uh, whine and slobber and, and snot around. You know, I, I don't have to cry about it. I just, you speak as one having authority yep. and it's a totally different posture.
0: Oh it is, and of course he jesus understood that what he was representing <laughs> he he understood he had a clarity there was no insecurity in him he uh, he absolutely understood that he operated in the authority of the kingdom of of heaven he was representing the kingdom of heaven and and therefore you know he was basically just speaking from that authority representing that authority and and that word authority there is exousia which means to have the right right to speak you know so um i just i had the definition somewhere but I, i've lost it uh, anyway but um yeah so so he he spoke with that with that confidence with that Security. So you didn't need insurance. to manipulate, you know? Right.
1: Right. Yeah, even in speaking to somebody else, even in speaking in your home, it's not a matter of starting to quote a bunch of scriptures and and trying to get the authority. Yeah. If you just if you just speak as one having authority, it's very calming to everybody around. Well, exactly.
0: It's like Peter, when, when he was, when, when Peter and John was speaking to that guy, the, the, the lame guy at the, at the, at the gate, you know, of the, the gate of the temple and, um, the beautiful gate and Peter doesn't pray for him. Peter just says to him, such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk or be healed. And, and, um you know, there was authority because he knew what he represented. We pray for the sick. Peter just right. spoke to it. And he said, right. I mean, what confidence, you know, what I have, I'm giving you. I don't have silver and gold, but what I have, I'm giving you. Right. And that was the authority he had in front, in the, he'd been raised under the master teacher, king of kings, you know, the the, the one bringing and restoring the kingdom of heaven, the Messiah restoring the kingdom of God back to us. And he goes, I give it to you, rise up and be healed. You know, right. it's just simple. No problem.
1: Right. Yeah. I have covenant. I yeah. have life. Yeah. I have healing. I have deliverance. I have, I mean, that's, that's, I was sent to set the captive free. This is what I have. I have life and that more abundantly and such as I have, I give to you. Yeah, here. Well,
0: that's it you see we we so the the church has become so afraid of being influenced by the world simply because they're so weak-minded um and and been made weak-minded they've never matured we back to where we started a couple of months ago but you know they've never matured into their into their um in their thinking, in their spirituality to the point that I know who I am. I'm an influencer. I'm not being influenced. I'm bringing influence. And therefore I can engage the culture. I can engage society. I can engage this generation. I can engage the world with all this sin, with all the darkness with it. I can engage it because I know what I represent. But when we lost that, then we don't have authority to, to represent, you know, we, we do, but we don't, no, we have. So we don't represent it. I was just thinking also something that you, you were saying about what Connie said to you was, um, you know, it's something that really, it's, it's a principle that that is spoken to me over the years. And more and more, I, I try and live that out um, and express that very clearly every day. Because, hey, I was the charismatic pastor too, that had scripture for everything, preached everything, you know, taught all the time. There was always a teaching and everything. But <laughs> um you know is i just realized is that a, a drowning person doesn't need lessons on how to swim that's true they they need a lifeline right and the lifeline is relationship right they need to know can is there somebody i can trust is there somebody i can talk to is there somebody that i can relate to is there and you know that's the thing i want to say is is that many times our experiences in life that we go through you can either be the victim forever in your life or you can use those things as lessons and as weapons to to overcome the enemy in people's lives in in you know that you become relatable uh that you just you know i think i think to myself now is like man i I cry easy now. I watch a I watch a movie and I cry, you know, stupid. Yeah, you know? I watch a Hallmark
1: commercial and I cry.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, Michelle <laughs> Michelle's watching I hate her Hallmark movies because they always make me cry, you know. <laughs> and, and I don't watch them with her. But you watch a like a real sensitive movie. And I thought about it, why am I like this? I'm just getting old or something, you know, just like what? And and um but then I realized you know when you've been through stuff and like relationships, when, when, when you've been burnt and you've been, you've been hurt and disappointed and you've been betrayed and you know, suddenly, you know, you, I, I could have hardened my heart, become cynical, become um, hard hearted against all these things and just, you know, reject people and, you know, ignore them or whatever. Or I could learn from that and become sense. And it's made me, sensitive. I value, I sit at the airport and I watch people seeing each other for the first time in a long time and hugging and I want to cry. It just blesses me so much to see relationships being whole again. And, you know, people meeting each other and You know, it's just, it's incredible. But because I value those things so much and, and we need to get to the place again where we value the relationships. Jesus did when, when he met those disciples who decided they're going to go back to their fishing jobs, their fishing businesses, and Jesus met them on, on, at the sea, he had cooked up a huge barbecue, fish barbecue breakfast for them. And they arrived there and you can you you know religiously will go uh, peter do you love me
1: <laughs>
0: you yeah. know yes jesus i love you you know and and two different loves of course there one is agape and the other one is uh, um, phileo. phileo and and uh but you know when i read that with unreligious eyes i could see jesus leaning across the the breakfast table looking into peter's eyes the one that he had m- he had spent time and mentored with and brought through the one he knew was, was like, you know, (laughs) the guy that jumped to conclusions and did things very spontaneously, but he knew he was the one that was going to be the the speaker for, for, for the whole movement, you know, after, after he left and he looks into his eyes and with appeal with that, with the relationship that he had built with him, he says, Peter, do you love me <laughs> you know i mean you you consider jesus wasn't this like 60 70 year old you know religious seminary guy with the back right. to front collar saying peter do you love me <laughs> you know i mean he he was 33 years old right been through death hell and the grave and now he's appealing to this Disciple to this mentee to this leader, he's got, Do you love me? And and I think you know, the passion in that fisherman
1: to a fisherman, that, to, a
0: fisherman to a fisherman, not,
1: yeah, even, not, educated, that stuff. Yeah.
0: not even a yeah, not, not even a religious academic man, just a fisherman, a business guy. And he's appealing to him because he knew that, that the whole message of the kingdom depended on. Peter pulling everybody together because earlier on he said, Peter, I'm praying for you because you're going to be sifted as wheat, but, but you are the one that's going to strengthen your brothers. He had prophesied that over his life, you know? Right. Right. And I just like, so when I hear that passion, you know, something I'm telling you, Steve, something resonated deep down. It hit a chord in me when I, when I read that with unreligious eyes and I, I began to see this young man, young leader, this young, rabbi teacher, the Messiah, the King of, 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 of the kingdom of God. (laughs) And, and, and I hear him appealing to his relationship with this man. And I just said, you know what? We, we have lost that in, in, in representation. We, we don't, we don't have that same passion for relationship anymore. You know,
1: the, um, I don't know whether or not I told you this, but, uh, Sunday night, um, the, we own that, we own the, as far as I know, it's the only wood-fired steam stern paddle wheeler left in the world, and uh, we bought it here about a year or so ago, and we're in the process of restoring it, and uh, we have it moored um, down at a certain place uh, in Caddo Lake, uh, just uh, but it's kind of on the bayou, so if the water comes up, it gets a little swift, and then of course boats going by, it kind of knocks it around a little bit in the pilings and and on the dock. Yeah. Well, um, there'd been several storms, and there was a storm on Sunday and Saturday night, and uh, Sunday evening I get this call. Uh, by the way, did you know that your boat is going downstream? <laughs> Now this isn't a small boat. I mean, this is like what sixty feet. Oh, my word! And there's a bunch of new, new um, docks and boathouses and million-dollar homes along this bayou, um, mm. leading down to the lake, and it's, it's in the path of my boat.
0: <laughs> oh my!
1: I mean, not not like way down the line. This is. I mean, I'm talking like twenty-five feet away. It starts, and then on down the line from there a guy from the cajun navy uh i had talked to later and he says i i thought everything was fine she was going straight down the middle of the stream straight down the middle uh, of the current in the channel uh not sideways but like she was being steered and um, she did, and she was going in the right direction and I just thought everything was fine. I didn't even notice that nobody was on board steering her or anything else. Uh, so he went right on by, but it's amazing. There was probably six or eight boats by the time I showed up there that had gotten her corralled and had pushed her over to the uninhabited side of the bayou and had started to tie her off. is. And the next day, uh, actually that, that night I got a bunch of messages and stuff saying, if you need any help, let me know. Wow. These are strangers. These are people that aren't even, that aren't even quote born again, aren't even quote, um, you know, churchy people. Yeah. But yet they're laying down their life to help me. And I thought, you know if if somehow we could grasp this as far as just the relationship, and all these people wanted was just to help, and you know I have now a relationship with some of them, and i think I'm thinking, this is interesting how how just out of something like this you begin to build relationships Yes, but I thought, how often is my life like this boat that just kind of broke away from its moorings and has no destination in mind, has no particular um, voyage lined out, has nothing. And I'm not really aiming for anything. I'm just adrift and I'm just going downstream. Yes. And somehow by the grace of God, I'm not hitting anything or destroying myself. Yeah. And I, all of a sudden there are people that show up sent by God to help corral me, help get me to a place of safety and help me get secured again. And then the next day offered their services to help tow me back home.
0: Yeah, that's amazing.
1: And I thought, boy, this is, this was a lesson learned for me, not only to check on my boat more often, (laughs) (laughs) especially after a storm. (laughs) It was just a lesson to me as far as just, uh, giving of yourself to people because it is about relationships. It is about, it is about that life that you can give to other people. And yeah, there are probably a few uh, you know, people that just watched her drift. In fact, I heard, I heard tell of one guy who just watched her coming loose of her moorings and saying, uh, what, somebody says, so shouldn't we do something? And, and he goes, no, nah, I don't think I can do anything. You know, I, I just let it go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, he, he, he alone could have had the opportunity to stop it. Yes. But yet didn't. Yes. And I thought, how many of us just watch somebody's mooring lines in life just start to unravel, tie, untie, snap, whatever? Yeah. And and sit there and do nothing. Well, you know, it's not my job, it's not my place. It's not yes. my whatever. Rather than like the other guys downstream, actually Caring enough for somebody they don't even know, yeah, and and helping you get to a place of safety and security again.
0: That's powerful. Now they're absolutely the truth, absolutely truth. I think we miss the opportunities, we don't see them simply because we don't value it. And you know, I really want to encourage um, you, our listeners, uh, you know, just to end on on that powerful story of Steve's is, you know, be the people that, be the kind of person that does connect, that does care. And, uh, you know, and we use that word so lightly, just, you know, care. Um, But really, really be passionate about the relationships around you, about people's lives. Take the time to, in fact, uh, know them, understand them. Uh, you know, you cannot influence what you're not prepared to allow to influence you. And that doesn't mean you have to change your values or your belief system or or anything. It just means that you're prepared to listen. You're prepared to have a heart that that is understanding to where they are. So many times, I mean, you know, I've worked with leaders and I promise you, the, the things they tell you, sometimes you, you feel like your skin is crawling, you know, but <laughs> you... You, you you know, I don't respond that way because I, I know my father doesn't. You know, I know our Heavenly Father doesn't respond that way to people's, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing we can do that is so bad that that he will reject us. Right. <laughs> he, I mean, he, he loved us before we even got to know about it. That's the thing is while we were still rebellious and, and right. sinners and off the mark, totally removed Death, full of death, the nature of Satan. He loved us anyway, and so you know, I, I really want to encourage you: be the change agents. Our nation, this nation, our nations in the world. The church needs people who understand who are given to relationship, not when it suits us, right? But when when the need is there. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we probably could tell story after story of these things, but. Um, I just really want to encourage you with that. That, that is such a powerful story, Steve. Uh, um, thank you for for that. Um, yeah, that, that that was really good. I I think that just really sums it up for us. And and we got to be those people that don't that that are there for people when they're drifting. You know that are there. Right. I mean, men men have the highest um, suicide rates right now, and and um, that that is scary because. Men just keep quiet. men are going through through stuff, and they 're just not talking. men just don 't talk about it, and they just end up doing things that um, just to end it all you know when they don 't see hope and there's this there 's this big divide in relationships um, that that we can offer and you know, i 'm reluctant to just have another meeting. I want to meet people face to face i mean on my on my one podcast that I do the leadership boost. Um, I'm inviting people to talk to me every day, leaders to talk to me because I just feel like when they, if they talk, we can connect and then we can see where the journey goes. You know, right. just that is that, that invitation that, that people just need to have open to them. So, thank you for being with us again. Powerful. We didn't plan on on talking this way. I had something totally else in mind, but I, I never bother about where it's gonna go. We just go with with the flow. The, what what the Spirit of God is saying, and um, none of these none of these are are scripted. We don't. Steve and I don't sit and plan what we're gonna say before the time. Um, I shared no, with him before probably we
1: sell, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. I, I shared before we started. I said, have got the scripture on, 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 in John chapter 15, remain in me and I'll remain in you. And, and, uh, and there we jumped off on, on relationships, which was really, really powerful.
1: But we well. ended up talking about John 15.
0: We did, we did mention it. You mentioned it, I, I didn't even get around to it, so. That, that <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah I, I i always appreciate spending time with you steve and and uh our discussions and uh yeah it's always enlightening and i i just pray our listeners really get something out of us Th- thank you for listening thank you for being with us again today Hey, remember to pop us a message um, on anchor.fm. I think on Spotify you can do it as well. But when you go onto the platform, there's a little thing that says message. You can send us a message. You can even just send a voice message and say, hi, this is Bill. I'm from California, you know. <laughs> and uh, we, we'd love to just hear that, you know, just hearing a little Not message. With
1: Not with that accent, though. Y-
0: yes. Well, that's that's the South African take on an on American accent. The,
1: hey, dude. This uh, is so Bell from <laughs> California. No, that'd be from Texas, wouldn't it? No, this wouldn't is Bill from Texas.
0: Oh, uh, okay.
1: All right. So, well, <laughs>
0: but, hey, whatever. <laughs> if it's from South Africa, you'll go. That's right. Yeah, this, that's this, right. This, this is Bill from South Africa. <laughs> I just want to tell you, I'm full calling you from, from Johannesburg. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you and just uh, – and let us know if, if you uh, are getting something out of it. I mean, we get little messages coming back to us, but we'd love to hear um, that, um, that uh, you know, you're getting blessed and growing and, and uh, uh, something is getting shifted. So thank you for being with us. This is KLE, not your usual church message. This is Sean, and this is Steve saying, have a super, super day and an excellent weekend. Until next time, God bless you guys. We love you lots. Thank you, Steve.
1: Thank you.